So I don't really believe in like, you need to do this, this and that, because there's no blueprint for like what you, what it takes to be successful other than never stop doing. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Dom Fusco, and this is episode 32. And today I am joined by a very special guest, RJ Stern, a Laney College alum and star of the hit Netflix documentary, Last Chance You. Now, I'm a big fan of RJ's, and I've been wanting to have him on the show for a while, and he was gracious enough to give me some of his time, and I really enjoyed connecting with him, had a great conversation, and just think that there's a ton of value to be had on taking away from this podcast. In our conversation, RJ shares how moving around as a kid and constantly having to adapt and overcome challenges has shaped him into the man he is today. He also talks about his time on the show, the grind of junior college football in California, not having housing not having a meal plan, having to walk a couple miles to get to the bus, to get to school, go to school, go to practice, walk a couple miles to get to the bus station again, take the bus home and then walk back to his house. And in the meantime, he wasn't even living with his own family. He was living with extended family that he really didn't even know that well. He also talks about you know what compelled the filmmakers of Last Chance You to make him a focal point in the show and have him share so much of his story. One of the more interesting things he also shared with me that I really didn't know was that despite his elite talent at the game of football and all the success he, that he had in high school, uh, he actually received no offers to play collegiate football. D1, D1AA, D2, D3, he received no offers. So we talk about that and ultimately how he ended up at Laney College and ultimately ended up on Last Chance U. I also got to see another side of RJ that's not really shown in the show. And this side of him shows how he has grown as a man over the years and what it took to humble himself in the process. I had an absolute blast talking and getting to know RJ and I'm super grateful for him being so open and willing to share his story with me. So make sure to go follow him on social media and be on the lookout for his upcoming commitment. I'm super stoked for this podcast, guys. So I'm going to get right into it. Enjoy, and I'll see you in the next one. All right. Today, I'm joined by special guest, RJ Stern. RJ, thank you for joining the show today. Really appreciate your time. What's up, brother? How are you? I'm doing really well. How are things out in California? I know it's been a shaky couple of months. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's something. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's California, man. I don't, that's the only way I can put it. Yeah, it's really, it's really the only way you can describe it. But uh, I know you, uh, you live in California now, like Berkeley area, right? That's correct. Yeah. Okay. But I know that you, you've also mentioned that you, you've lived elsewhere. You've lived in a couple of different places. Um, so like, how has living in these different places kind of affected you, like had an effect on you and like who you've become over the past couple of years? Oh, uh, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I guess when you move around a lot, like I did when I was a kid, you kind of, um, I don't want to say I'm a chameleon, like, a, like, um, like a, what's his name from, from, from the other season, the last chance you, he says he can just blend in. I don't want to say I'm like that, but it's kind of a, it, like he can walk into a room and become like a different person is what he was getting at. Like if he goes to comp, if he goes to like Crenshaw or Compton, he can be like, it was up, man. What fuck? You know what I mean? And then if he goes to fucking, I don't know, like, fucking conquered from you know here's like well how are you how how's it going you know like he can just he has a switch um but i i guess that's kind of like the way it does affect you is like you just kind of learn like how to fit into like different uh groups of like people because like 
every area throughout California is different. Like San Diego, Temecula, Murrieta area, Southern California is like completely different from like the Bay Area. They're all like super just uh, um, like proper and like neat and like not very, uh, just kind of bland from uh, compared to what I'm used to. And then you go to the Bay Area and you can just kind of like be whoever you want to be. So yeah, I, I would say it's it's been that. It's also helped like my people skills. Like I'm really good at just like talking to people, starting a conversation, making friends. So like that's that's a huge one right there from moving around a lot. Just you have to learn how to make friends. No doubt. And you know, like you said, you're good at talking to people. We literally just hopped on a Zoom and you know, we're just shooting the shit. Like, you know, it's it's just a conversation between you and me. So I definitely okay. agree. Um so yeah, talking about the Bay Area, I've obviously I've honestly never been to California. But from watching the show, Last Chance You, you know, which we'll get into, the Bay Area is kind of split between like the the uppity uppities in, in San Francisco and then where you guys Literally. are at, La- at Laney College in Oakland. So and I, th- I don't think people understand that the Bay Area is pretty split like that. I didn't really understand that until, you know, watching the show. Yeah, man. I mean, um, I would say there's there's less like uppity uppities in the Bay Area than not. Although it's kind of changing. Like we got a lot of people moving in with a lot of money and a lot of people who don't have a lot of money moving out. Like there's like this mass uh, exodus from California right now. Like it's crazy. Like um, when I drove back from Tennessee all the way back to California, I'm driving in and on the other side of the freeway, I for at least 60 miles bumper to bumper traffic. Literally this was in, this was in a July. Okay. Everyone was leaving. Gotcha. Oh, because it's just too expensive to live here. So, but yeah, I mean, the Bay Area is basically split like in half, like the haves and the have-nots. That's it's kind of like that. Gotcha. So you know, we talked about you're growing up in different places and kind of learning to adapt and overcome because you're always mm-hmm. going to be put in different scenarios with different people, and you know that's kind of just life being thrown in different situations and kind of adapt and overcome, uh, which you've done a great job with, uh, especially what I've seen in the show. Um, from following it. Yeah, of course, man. And following you on social media. So, you know, you have, have you since moved on from Laney? What's your, uh, what's your stance in the recruiting process right now? Oh yeah. So no, yeah, I'm, I'm done at Laney. Uh, mm-hmm. um, I was talking to a bunch of, uh, man, a lot. Like basically before the show came out, I had all of three offers from two, no, from three Division two schools. And then I had a ton of interest from NAIA schools. Um, and a lot of D3 schools hit me up. Uh, literally no Division one, nothing. Not even a – I got like a sniff from Western Illinois and then nothing. It was the weirdest, most like unprofessional thing I've ever experienced. But anyway, um, after the show came out, I was talking about a dozen Division one schools. Um, now, just because like I've like – I'm a two for two guy. Like I don't have like that extra redshirt year. Um, a lot of schools don't like that, but I can tell you that I already have a school. I'm just waiting to like publicly like announce it. Um, but it's in the PAC 12 that, that, that helps with anything. Um, but it's, it's not a scholarship deal. It's a walk on type of thing, but, um, you know, I'm pretty confident either way, like whether it works out or not, like I'll, I'll be playing division one football. Uh, it's just a matter of like if or when. So, I have, I have, I have options uh, for going forward as far as a plan and, uh, you know, continuing my academic career. So I'm just, I'm just waiting for everything to get settled in. Got you. And a guy with your talent and there's, 
dude, Juco, like from what I've seen and like learning about Juco through watching last chance youth a couple of years, like there are some studs, there's some ballers like yourself at these Juco schools. Like you see guys like in this past season who played on your own team, Dior Walker, um, Rajan, Rajan Wright, and uh, even new and like some of these other guys who are just studs. Um, I think what I kind of was trying to get my head around is like, why are guys like you with such talent and you're a good kid? Like, obviously like you're not like a, a thug, you're not committing crimes or anything like that. And you also, yeah. from what I know, get good grades. So why does a guy like you end up at Juco and not at one of these bigger schools? Well, I'll tell you, man. Um, I wasn't like, I've always had, I've always been plenty talented as far as like football's concerned. Like I could do a lot. I did capacity for a lot, but um, my issue in high school was, so I was, a, I was a freshman on varsity for the first half of my uh, season as a freshman in high school. And I couldn't stay healthy, and we didn't have a weight room, and it was a bad deal. So I moved out of the JV, which was kind of humbling. I had really good time there. But, like, you're still, like, I was a freshman on varsity. It was, like, a no-question thing. So that in my head ingrained this idea, like, you're, there's something different about you, RJ. Like, you're clearly on a different level from these other guys, you know. Like, and I kid you not, like, I was going up on – like these big, like these big dudes, like we weren't very good. We had some real tall, big, long, you know, sons of bitches. And um, I was going up. I remember this, this one play, this guy, he was our tight end and like outside linebacker. He was about six, four, like two fifty. He was a big guy and super athletic. And um, I went up in front of him and I, I just like grabbed the ball. Like one, I just mossed the shit out of him. And like, I was doing stuff like that all the time. Like, I was jumping over people. I was, outrunning guys you know as a freshman so like it just ingrained this idea in my head that I was like okay like I'm like I can really like do something but like I got like way too cocky with it and like I didn't know like half as much of what I thought I did about football and I had I really struggled like learning playbooks and stuff and like I didn't work I didn't work very hard in high school so that's what I'm trying to say. I kind of just let my talent, my talent carry me. And you can't, you cannot do anything in life just letting your talent carry you. It's just impossible. So I wound up hurt a lot. Um, I didn't have a set position either. That was another problem. We weren't very good, so I moved around a lot positionally. So I never even got to, like, showcase the actual things that I'm really good at, specifically, like receiver. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's the high school. It's my attitude. It was um, – just bad timing for me, I guess. Uh, but, you know, it worked out. Like, I wouldn't trade my experience for the world, you know, because it made me who I am today. But that's essentially, like, how I went under the radar, man. I didn't deserve to be on it in the first place. Um, and then, you know, I, after high school, I was like, well, shit. Like, I got nothing. Oh, and another thing, dude, is I had no idea how recruiting worked. No clue. Not even a – no, no idea. Didn't go to camps didn't send my film out. I, the way I put my film together was stupid. Like it was so dumb. Like it looked cool to me, but it like, it's useless for coaches to look at, but those, but you don't know what you don't know. And so like, those are things that all like affected me, but, um, yeah, man. So I I went Juco route and again, talented guy, but I didn't understand football. So like I struggled like my first, my first year and a half, you know, in college football. Uh, but you know, I, I figured it out and it was a, it was a great learning experience and, you know, I'm just happy to be where I'm at right now. It's crazy to hear about you talking about how, you know, your talent can only get you so far and you didn't work that hard in high school, but you kind of realized that, you know, that's not going to get where, get you where you need to be. You need to work hard, 
as well as having talent obviously helps you out. But like some of the things that I saw from you in the show were like grit, determination, resiliency. And you hear your head coach say, you know, you're the hardest worker on the field. You, you like no disrespect to you. He's like, you're not always the smartest player on the field, but you're always like, nobody's going to outwork you. So it's funny yeah. to hear like, so, you know, was that when the switch kind of flipped for you was when you graduated and you didn't, or you ended your senior year, you didn't have any offers and you were like, all right, maybe I got to turn it up a notch. You know, yes and no. So it flipped, but there's like, you can only do so much with like knowing is half the battle. You still have to go out there and do it. And I would say for about six months or so, I didn't do jack shit about my situation. Um, I was at Contra Costa for a semester and it was a bad ordeal for me. I didn't play. Um, and I got out of there, but when I got to Laney and I realized like, and they, like, they run their program, um, especially my first two years there, like complete culture shock for me. I was like, Whoa, this is what football is supposed to be like. You know, it it was just, it was very legit to me. And um, everybody there wanted to get better at something every day. And everybody was hyper competitive, but also like very encouraging. Like it was a family, um, it was a family thing. It was really, it was just awesome. And so that's kind of what made me like realize like, okay, like you need to step your shit up. And so I stepped my shit up on all levels. Um, but again, like football, I, I hadn't learned football. So I, I still had like this, um, I still had to flip another switch in my head to like get to where I was going. So it wasn't actually until halfway through the actual season of two, uh, in 2017 where I figured out like where like I just buckled down for a week I learned everything there was to know about the playbook I just like made myself do it and then bam I was starting a week later um so like it was it was it was just like a combination of like putting the pieces together and just you know like getting a chance getting a shot and uh, it worked out for me man but yeah beam constantly says you know <laughs> You are definitely not the smartest player, but no one's going to outwork you, which, you know, at, a t- at, one, at some point was 100% true. I was, like, I would, like, I don't, dude, I almost accidentally have, like, the it factor at times because there were literally, like, a practice, especially, like, my, earlier on, I would mess something up colossally, and then I would go make, like, a one-handed touchdown. Some crazy shit like that. I, w- I would just do stuff, and they'd be like, what is he doing? And they're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that happened again. How did you – like, all the time. So, like, I would turn mistakes into, like, big plays, which helped me a lot. But, um, like, you, you can't thrive like that. Like, you can't play accidental football. You have to play sound and technical football. And so that's, that's what I had to get better at doing. Um, but, yeah, if you, if you guys thought Bean was mean to me on the show, dude, you didn't see nothing. I swear to God. And I love the guy. I love the guy. That's my that's my dude. But like, dude, he will make you feel bad about yourself. I swear to God. Yo, he used to tell me to dye my hair, bro. Yeah. Like, if I if I've messed something up at practice, like dye your hair, fucking blonde. <laughs> dye your hair. It's dude, so funny, dude. It's it's funny because like I I get what you're saying. Like, I've had coaches that you know I. I didn't, I thought didn't like me or were super hard on me or for whatever yeah. reason. And, you know, looking back on that now, I thought they were, uh, you know, I thought they were just being assholes or whatever, but it was really just me, like me having too much of an ego and, you know, not playing to my full potential or, you know, putting my ego above the team uh, or anything like that. So, 
you know, that's something that, uh, you know, we all learn in football at, at one point or another. And like, even if you don't learn it while you're playing, you look back and be like, all right, yeah, that was just me being a jackass. And that's, <laughs> that's why he was on me. But, no, seriously, man. Yeah. It's, you know, and as a young man, like, like when you realize that, like, it's a huge growing experience for you. Like when you, like the first time I realized, like I was an egotistical asshole, I was like, oh shit, I better chill out. <laughs> like, like it's humbling. It's super yeah, like, whoa, sure. I was getting away with that. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, let me, let me stop. Let me stop playing. You know, let me, let me, let me cut it out, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just like, it's a part of life, dude. Anybody who, who's successful in life has those moments. And um, the people who just kind of stick around in the same spot their whole life, they never understood what they were doing wrong in the first place. So, you know, that's, that's why I'm grateful to like be exposed and like, you know, get called out and like mess up and fail. Like, you know. Yeah, no, I totally get it, man. And that's going to benefit you further down the line, you know, in your life is you've had to overcome these things, like we said, and, uh, you know, you know, deal with your struggles and failures. And that's, you know, that's ultimately going to help you uh, in the long run. So, you know, we talked about the show, like a decent amount. Did you know, obviously they're following a whole entire team and a whole entire season. Did you know, like going into when last chance you came to Laney that you were going to be one of like the the focal people that they kind of looked at the whole throughout the whole show? This is going to, um, so this is going to sound like really fucking like weird. And I don't believe that I've like admitted to this before, but cause I, I get this question. I get this question pretty often. Mm-hmm. Um, a year before that even happened last year two was at like it's height at the time. And we were talking about it one day and they were like, and then my boy, Christian Brown, he moved on to Arkansas Pine Bluff. It's a great guy, great teammate. Um, so if he's watching this, shout out him. But um, we were talking one day, me and him, and he was like, man, they should come to – they should come to – he's from Florida. I'm going to do this. He was like, they should come to – they should come to Laney, man. I was like, <laughs> he has a super strong – I probably sound nothing yeah. like him. I'm trying my best, though. He was like, I don't like, yeah, man. I, I feel like that's like – I feel like the Midwest Juco struggle is like a fucking cakewalk compared to what California guys have to go through. Yeah. And, like, we got to talking about it, and it was like, nah. I, he was like, I feel it, man. They're going to they're gonna come, like, to California at least. I feel like they would come here, too. And I was like – Maybe, man. I mean, we are like a big time Juco, but really I'm like, ah, like what are the odds? You know, like, but I, I thought I had those thoughts and like, he was like, man, to be honest, bro, you'd probably be like a main character on there. And I was like, maybe like, so like when I, when he said that, I kind of put myself there and I was like, I think I would be a main character on that show. But in my head, I'm like, there's no fucking way that ever happens. Like it's last chance you like, they're not coming to Oakland. Like, you know, so like after that thought, nothing of it. And then, a year goes by, all of a sudden there's whispers of like, you know, it's like April 20. Um, yeah, it's April 2019, Mar- like around April and March. And there's whispers of, oh, they're, they're coming to California. And then one day they show up on campus and I'm like, no shit. What? Yeah. You know, and Damn. then um, they filmed like everything. They, they got a good practice running, I guess. And then like, didn't see him for a couple months. And I was like, shit, we scared him off. Motherfucker. You know, I'm like, damn. And I was like, I don't blame him. This, this place is like, like Oakland is like a rough, you know, as, if you're not from here, at least like the Bay area, Oakland, Oakland scares you. But, um, and then boom, end of training camp or heading into training camp. Um, I walk up one day and I'm actually running late for a meeting. I'm like running and I run upstairs and I realize like I didn't have to do that because 
I see like cameras and people in like, uh, like, like these like matching shirts and it says last chance you on the back. And I'm like, what? Yeah, what? Like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, damn, oh shit. Like literally. And so like, then I'm signing waivers and then like, I just like, I, did, I wanted it to be natural, I guess is what I'm saying. But like, I kind of knew that like, I would gradually like, they would come for me and like, you know, I had a really good day at practice, like about a week after that. And then boom, Gray and Daniel came up to me and they were like, well, hey man, like, what's your name? Like, you got a lot of energy, you got a lot of fire. And I was like, my name's RJ. <laughs> uh, I, I play football. You know, I'm a real cookie cutter. And uh, yeah, it was like, just, it was history from there, man. They just like, they liked me. I liked them. They felt like they could, um, they felt like they wanted to tell my story. And so like, I, I feel like forever indebted to those people for doing that for me because um, like, it's changed my life. Like I, I can't go anywhere without getting recognized and like people asking me for pictures and stuff. It's really cool. But like for, but like also like getting the opportunity to like share that, those things about me and like grow and like learn and then like get other opportunities presented to me because of this. It's just like a huge blessing. Right. And it probably had to be hard a little bit to, to open up to them and knowing that people all around the world, were going to see, you know, hear your story, um, see your story. But at the same time, it's that authenticity and that kind of genuineness that you showed that that's the reason why people like you are drawn to you and want to take pictures with you in public. So, you know, what was, what was, was it tough to, to open up to these people that you've never met knowing that like, this is going to be, this is one of the most popular sports, you know, documentaries like on Netflix. So was it tough for you to kind of open up to that? You know, honestly, it's, I don't have a tough time opening up about most things. There were certain things where it was, it was a little tough, but like, honestly, like, just cause I'm a big podcast listener. I'm a big, like I listen to a, like, I like hearing people talk about their life and experiences mm. cause it helps give me perspective on my own. Mm. And like, I knew what it did for me listening to like guys like David Goggins for one, like he's had an Hell incredible. Yeah, Hell yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Like, just, just finished his book. Yeah. It's, Oh, it's a fantastic book. Incredible. But like, I, I just remember thinking like how much that helped me and like how much strength that gave me. And I was like, man, that's like, like the human experience is a powerful one. Like you can, you can change the world. 100%. Like just, just like sharing your story, you can change, you can change the world seriously. And so like when I started to think about it like that, um, you know, I just became like, this is early on this before any TV time or anything. I was just like, you know what, if I ever get an opportunity, like I'm not going to hold back. I'm just going to do it. So I was never like nervous or like scared. Um, I just kind of went for it, you know, like no, no regard for like, what outcome it might be. Cause like honesty is the best policy and it's just better to be yourself and, you know, speak your truth or whatever. And just, you know, cause you know, at the end of the day, I'm a human being, you're a human being. Everyone's a human being. Like they, they're going to understand, you know, no one's perfect. Everyone has a story to tell. So it wasn't, it wasn't really something I sweated too much, but some, some parts were harder to talk about than others. Yeah. I can imagine just, you know, watching it, I was thinking, you know, if you're just one guy in one school, like in a really big country, in a really big world. So, but a ton of people watch Last Chance You, and there's probably a ton of kids that have gone through similar things. So have yeah. you been able to, you know, I mean, you responded to me in the DMs, which, you know, I really appreciate and really appreciate you having, having you on. And I loved what you said about kind of the human experience and uh, sharing your perspective. That's the whole reason I started this podcast is just to talk to people and learn from people like you. Um, and you know, kind of just get their opinions and their views on the world. Uh, because, you know, I feel like if we can just all understand one another, 
you know, rather than try to be right all the time, it's, you know, we're going to be better off as a society and, you know, as a population as a whole. So, yeah. uh, have you been able to like, or what have you found like most rewarding or like, have you been able to like kind of mentor kids or like what advice have you given or like, will you give to people who are like kind of in similar situations that, that, you know, you were in, you know what, man? Um, I'm not a big advice giver. I kind yeah. of, it's, uh, like, cause here's the thing. A lot of like everything I've learned had nothing to do with the advice other people gave me. So I don't really believe in like, like, oh, uh, like you need to do this, this and that, because there's no blueprint for like what you, what it takes to be successful other than never stop doing, never stop going Absolutely. always like attack, attack, attack. Um, but I, I have responded to like, a number of, of people like on, on my, in my DMS who, who asked me like, or like, you know, first and foremost, it's very heartwarming to hear that like my story touches so many people. It's, it's incredible to me. It's all I ever wanted out of an experience like this. Um, but like, I try to, to reply as many people as possible. And I, you know, I try to be encouraging, but I, I usually give the same answer. It's like, well, first and foremost, because I get a lot of people who tell me like, look, man, I'm just like you, you know, coach, coach isn't messing with me. He's, he's harder on me than other players, you know, he doesn't believe in me and like before you come to that conclusion as a high school kid you really like you really need to be honest with yourself because I only came to those conclusions th that past season after three years of doing everything I needed to do and like evolving the way I did and even then there were times where coach beam I would say 80 60 to 80 percent of the time 100 percent right the one thing me and Bean really truly disagreed on is how to run a vertical route. And the way he claims that I was doing it 90% of the time is like completely false, but that's neither here nor there. He was trying to make me better. Yeah. And when he was coaching me, he was right. Mm -hmm. So like, there is no such thing as like coach doesn't like me, you know, like, I don't, I don't really like when people say that, but yeah, I, I like, I have a lot to say about this. I'm sorry. Um, no, all good. Yeah. It's just, um, so I, I try to respond, but at the same time, it's like, you need to be emphatically honest with yourself. You need to have like a heart to heart with yourself right now. If you really think that coach is just like, he doesn't like, cause you got to think about it like this. Why would coach not play his better players? Why would coach not give those guys opportunities? It makes no sense. Yeah. Coaches don't care about like favorites. They care about winning. hundred percent. hundred percent. So yeah. So it's like, the, guy, the people who like reach out to me and like they would ask me like these questions and like for advice is like, well, first you gotta be honest with yourself and ask yourself, is this really how it is? Am I really working hard enough? Am I really like, am I really that good? Because I wasn't, I for sure wasn't. I was fast, I could catch a ball, but I couldn't do jack shit else. You know, I had to learn, it took me three years how to figure out, like really to like really understand route running. It took me three years just to understand it. And I, I'm, I'm good at it, but I'm nowhere where I, I'm nowhere close to where I need to be. So, I mean, there's just always more that you can do to like prove people wrong and get your shot. Like I, I don't believe in laying blame and saying like, I'm not like this because of him or her or anybody. I think it's, I think right. that's a crock of, I think it's a crock of shit to say that. So I try, I try not to like give out too many uh, responses to that question and to like people who like have that situation because people who really want it, people who are really special, they don't need to ask those questions of anybody. They need to go out and figure out and do some soul searching and like and grow up a little bit because that's what I had to do. And so that, that's kind of how I handle like people coming at me with like, um, 
similar experiences and questions because like, it's not like a me thing. It's a you thing. It's always a you thing. Right. RJ, no, I, uh, I really appreciate you saying that because you know, it's, it's relatable to a lot of people and you know, people are always just looking for, adv- I, I like your opinion on that. It's like, I'm not a big advice guy. You just like to, you know, kind of explain to people that everybody's experience is, is going to be different and you know, you just have to take action and you know, yeah. do things because n- nobody's going to tell you how to do it or what to do. And there is no true blueprint print or, you know, map on, you know, to get in, get into where you want to go. So no, yeah. yeah, I, uh, yeah. So I really appreciate your take on that. And I know, uh, I know we're going to be conscious of your time. So, you know, one thing I usually ask people is, you know, you know, what's kind of one take or one piece of advice to the audience, but I know you're not a huge advice guy. So I just want to ask you going back to the human experience and, you know, kind of just figuring out this whole life thing and, you know, taking it day by day, what are some things that you're doing, you know, each day, each week, each month, what are you doing to kind of better yourself, better the people around you and just make the most out of this life that you've been given? I love that question. Um, cause there's a lot. And, um, going, going back to the advice thing, I do have one bit of advice that I do hand out to everybody. Please. Because I don't think it's really advice. It's just like, this is what you need. So I'll, I'll address both of those things. So I said, I'm not a big advice guy, but I do say this. The, the, three things you need, the three things you need to be successful is a work ethic, belief in yourself, and, um, and just like uh, faith. Like I, like, I don't know how else to put it. We'll, we'll just call it the two things. You need to believe in yourself. You need to have a work ethic. Um, if you don't believe in yourself, no one will. If you don't have the work ethic, oh, focus was the other one. Focus. You need, if you have those three things, you're unstoppable. Faith, focus, and, um, and a work ethic. Those three things right there will put you so far ahead in life. It's ridiculous. You'll, you know, you, you, won't, even, you won't even believe like where, that, where those three things can take you. Um, and you can't have one without the other. That's the, that's the beautiful thing about it. So if you only have two out of the three, you know, you're getting kicked to the curb. So that, that's my advice to everybody. But you have, I just try to be grateful for the things I have, for the things that I'm working for. And then, um, and just look forward to better days. So I try to, I try to just be very positive and I set, like, I talk to myself a lot, like a lot, like I probably talk to myself for about two or three hours a day. Sounds crazy, but it does a lot for me, um, for psychologically, cause I'm a big visualizer. So as far as like accomplishing things, I try to work out every day. I try to, I try to, I guess that's a form of meditation for me is like the self-talk. Sure. So meditating, thinking about it, visualizing that's been a huge part of my success is putting myself in moments before I'm ever even confronted with them. Um, so like stuff for like big time games, like is, a like, that's huge for me. Like a lot of the times where I've had to, like a lot of my biggest plays were in the biggest moments of our games. When we were playing Modesto, we lost that game, but, um, we were down, uh, what was it? We were down 20 to 14 and then I come out and, you know, they were, they were kind of putting it, putting it on us a little bit before halftime. They were starting to come back. And so came right up. 61 yard touchdown boom San Mateo we need a touchdown we're down 21 nothing boom I put it in the end zone yep. had a I had a big catch on the side and a touchdown literally the next play um you know so it's just it's just and then American never scored the only touchdown in that game um so I, I've just because like of all the self-talk I do and all the visualization I do it helps me prepare for these moments where I'm gonna be like all right they're coming to you like I don't even know how to explain it, but like every time I got the ball thrown to me, like in a big, in a big moment, I knew before the ball even got snapped, like they're going to me. 
and be, and like I could just I could just feel it. And so like visualization helps helps a lot with that for me. And then as far as like the human experience goes, man, just like like just try I just try to be selfless, man. I just try to be cognizant of um everybody around me who I care about and just try to realize like they're going through their own things. Just be kind to people. Be understanding. Be kind and be understanding and just be thankful. Um it's it's really simple stuff, man, to be honest with you. It's it's nothing complex. It's just like don't be a dick is the is the simplest way I can put it. I like that. Um, I like that. <laughs> yeah, man. But like those that's that's pretty much just how I, I try to go about my life is is just like understanding people and also just um understanding myself as well. Cause it's that's a big that's a big part. A lot of people don't understand themselves. And so I, I try to I try to understand myself a little more every day. Faith, focus, work ethic, all the things you just said. Uh, I love it. Maximizing your human experience, you know, working hard, manifesting, visualizing, a lot of great stuff in there. RJ, really appreciate your time. Really grateful for you coming on and sharing your story, uh, sharing Absolutely, your insight. Brother. So um, yeah, looking forward to getting this out to everybody. And, you know, really just, again, appreciate your time and, uh, you know, look forward to following you along this journey. Hell yeah, man. Absolutely. I appreciate you co- having me uh, come on. Of course. All right, brother. Yeah. All right, man. Take care.